This is Bigger Questions with your host, Robert Martin. Welcome to Bigger Questions, recorded live in Melbourne's CBD. Today's big question, Christmas, fact or fiction? We ask this question today to Mikey Bayless. Mikey is an author and English teacher who loves learning languages and playing ping pong. He has written two books, There's a Hipster on My Roof Drinking Coffee and Journey from the East, and he joins me now. Please welcome Mikey Bayless. Now, do you like Christmas? I love Christmas. Yeah? What is it about Christmas you love? I love the smells. I love the smell of the tree, the food. Um, I love presents. I even sleep under the tree often. Really? Under the Christmas tree? Under the Christmas tree. I love it that much. Yeah? Do you have a favourite Christmas? Um, Well, for me, every day is Christmas, so probably two days ago. But um, probably the first Christmas when I received a big Lego set that's in my head. I can remember just how exciting that was probably as a five-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. But every day is Christmas for you. Every day is Christmas. So, yeah, I love it. So, ho, ho. Ho, ho. (laughs) Now, you also like Kung Fu. I love Kung Fu. Why your love of Kung Fu? I don't know why I love it. I, I think I love the theatrical nature of it. So I, I just love watching Kung Fu movies. Uh, nearly all Kung Fu movies have a kind of element of comedy to them mm-hmm. um, and adventure. So Jackie Chan movies, Stephen Chow movies. And you've combined these two into a book, That's Journey right. from the East, a Christmas book with Kung Fu elements. But what made you write a book about Kung Fu and Christmas? Okay, well, I love Christmas and I love the Bible. But all these ideas about the wise men, I I like trying to find out what the real story is. And and I was um, intrigued by some stories that uh, had the wise men being super righteous people from from a land far away being teleported by Jesus and, and, and other ones where I wasn't sure if it kind of rang true. So I thought I explore kind of all the stories and traditions about where the wise men came from. Mm-hmm. And when I found out that many of them point back to China or, or actually China is one of the, the wise men that came, I just th- started thinking, oh, this is a, a great idea for a story yeah. uh, where they kind of travel from all parts of the East. So not just one single place, but then they meet up and they have to fight their way across this very kind of dangerous and um, controlled landscape and rugged landscape and, and end up meeting Jesus. Mm, mm. Yeah. If Jackie Chan's listening. I, I think Jackie Chan and Mel Gibson together would make a great uh, Kung Fu epic out of this right. story. And apparently you've even tried giving Jackie Chan a copy. Oh, yeah, twice. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know if he's read it? Oh, uh, no, not yet. I, th- I don't know if I need to translate it or not. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be a good Kung Fu movie, you think? Exactly. Yeah. Christmas blockbuster. Well, to kick off bigger questions, we do like to ask a couple of smaller questions. We do try to have a bit of fun on the show. And today we're talking with Mikey Bayless about Christmas. And Mikey, as you've written a book about Kung Fu and Christmas, in today's <laughs> quiz, I'm going to test you on how much you know about Kung Fu Christmas. Okay. Do you feel qualified? Mm, probably two years ago when I wrote the book, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Question one. There's two questions. One yep. choice. If you Google Kung Fu Christmas, what is the first result that appears? Now, we've, we've tested this on multiple accounts, okay. and we can verify the result. Okay? okay. So is it A, Journey from the East, a book by Michael Bayless? Is it B, a Pinterest image of Kung Fu Panda leaping out of a Christmas cake? Is it C, Kung Fu, The Legend Continues, a TV series with the episode A Shaolin Christmas? Or is it D, a YouTube clip of National Lampoon's Kung Fu Christmas? 
Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, which one of that is the... They're all... If you Google it, which one would come up first? Oh, they're all great. Even uh, I'd say the, the Kung Fu Panda one. Uh, well, actually, I'm sorry, it's not. It's actually D, oh, the National, National Lampoon's, Lampoon's okay. Kung Fu Christmas. It was uh, 1978, National Lampoon magazine released an album, Greatest Hits of National Lampoon, a collection of parody tunes, one of which was the track Kung Fu Christmas. And that's the top that's Google amazing. result. I'm yeah, to search that, yep. yeah. You, it's, not a, it's, a, it's a parody. Okay. So it's a Kung Fu Christmas, but it's actually quite a violent movie if you watch it. There's lots of blood okay. and shooting and those sort of things. Yeah. Wow. Uh, okay, now the topic for today is distinguishing fact and fiction around the Christmas story. Mm-hmm. So the second question is just fact or fiction. Mm-hmm. Fact or fiction. Journey from the East is the greatest Kung Fu Christmas story ever. Fact. Correct. Yes, Thank that's you. right. Thank yes. <laughs> In fact, it's the only Kung Fu story, only Christmas Kung Fu story ever. Yeah. Uh, we even Googled it, and apparently there are no other Christmas Kung Fu stories. Well, that's what I base my answer on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> However, when you do Google greatest Kung Fu Christmas story, your book doesn't make the first page. In fact, it doesn't make the first 20 pages. Mm. In fact, I stopped after 20 pages because okay. I wasn't sure when I'm ever going to see You're it. You're going to have to anyway. talk to my SEO manager. Yes, that's yeah. exactly. I think so, yeah. So, Mikey, in our Kung Fu Christmas quiz, you got one out of two correct. You passed. Big round of applause Thank for you, Mikey. <laughs> so, Mikey, tell us a bit more about your book, The Greatest Kung Fu Story Ever Told, The Fact. Mm-hmm. What inspired it? Uh, so... There's a guy called Professor Sir Colin Humphreys. I think you put the professor first and then the sir. Um, he's a physicist in Cambridge. Uh, and so he's doing some amazing research there. Uh, but in his spare time, he's a bit of an Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he finds things in the Bible that he goes, hang on a second, I want to apply some science and some history to this. And so he actually travels uh, the Middle East uh, tracking stuff down uh, and trying to verify if these things in the Bible could have happened. Mm-hmm. So one of his articles on the star of Bethlehem uh, that appeared uh, uh, sparked my interest. And then it actually referred to some writings in China where people there were cataloging the sky and when stars and supernova exploded and other things happened, uh, what was their response to this? And uh, one of it was that uh, when a star like this appeared, it just meant that there was a new king that was coming and it also meant both violence and peace coming as well. Mm-hmm. And so with my hyperactive imagination and my love of kung fu movies, um, I started looking and researching, could this have happened? Mm-hmm. Uh, could people have come from here? And then I found out that many Chinese Christians believe that one of the wise men were from China and that his name was Liu Xiang. Uh, and he's one of the central characters of this book. Um, and so I had to delve into some pretty crazy Chinese history books that were written 2,000 years ago. And they're translated into English because my Chinese isn't that good. But right, um, okay. yeah, they're big books and they're history books, so they're sometimes hard to read. Mm. Um, but just all of the connecting the dots and finding out about Persia, which was ruled by the Parthians at the time, and all of this history, just so fascinating. And so I, I wanted to put it together in a little pill of a book. Yeah. And that's and so, what I did. And so this is what Journey from the East is, in some ways, your, the result of your discussion. Yeah, so it, I haven't put a map in here. I haven't used modern names. I've used the ancient names. So I want, when people read it, that I want them to Google or look on Google Earth for the place name, look at the person's name and Google it, see what it means, or were they real people in history? I just think, yeah, it's amazing the age we live in where we can look track down these facts and... Mm. See if they're fact or fiction or not. All right. Well, we'll talk about how to discern the difference between the two in just a second. Mm -hmm. But apparently in your book, there's connections with monkey magic. There is. As well. Yeah. Tell us a bit about that. Okay. Well, 
uh, kind of the template is monkey magic. Monkey magic uh, is based on a story called Journey from the uh, Journey to the West. Uh, it's not as old as some people think, but it's uh, China's most beloved story. And so China makes a movie of it every year, or about three. They make a TV series of it every year. Uh, they love it in Korea and Japan as well. Even Dragon Ball's based on it. Um, and it was when I actually read the actual book Journey uh, to the West. It's actually kind of a satire piece on hypocrisy in religion. So it's not some big Buddhist uh, kind of. It, it actually talks about the good things about Buddhism, but it's more looking at people and how they interact with religion and their vices and virtues, and and kind of with a lot of action and kung fu in it. So mm -hmm. that was written, I think, about 500 years ago mm. uh, by a priest, um, and it just it looks fascinating. And so I use that as the template. Um, and so you're hoping that your books can be made into a movie every year as well. Exactly, that's, and three movies every year in a TV show. Yeah, yeah that's right. Netflix that's... rang me yesterday because okay. <laughs> I had that to pay my subscription. Of, that's yeah. fact or fiction. That's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fiction. yeah. Anyway, so how, how have people received the book? People who have read it. Uh, well, my wife said, "Oh, it's good that she read it," and she said she was so worried that two months was going to be wasted in my life when I wrote it, and she said, oh, "I'm so glad it wasn't." So she liked it, um, but I found. A lot of people complain that the fight scene, scenes aren't long enough. A lot of people say, oh, that couldn't have really happened. That's not really historical. Those Romans couldn't have fought those people that way. Um, a lot of the things I put in here are actually from oddities from history that, that have said to have happened and were recorded. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, strange defeats and things. Um, but I have an audience with uh, kind of 11-year-old boys and, and women, women in their 30s. They're, they're, they're my fan group at the moment. And I'm, I'm happy with that. That's cool. That's great. Now, so your book's in... So Jackie Chan's a 30-year-old woman, isn't he? Uh, possibly. Yeah. yeah, he's going to love it. Yes. <laughs> so your book's intended to be in some ways historical fiction. Yeah. So why write fiction? Um, maybe I think... The, the reason to write fiction was to get people to think about it because, I mean, we all know that the, there were three wise men and their names were Balthazar and, and, and all this, but the Bible doesn't actually mention these names. And I, I looked into the traditions where they came from and across the Middle East and even in China, even in Afghanistan, they had different traditions about what happened. And many of them were... Uh, Hagiorific, or I don't even know that's how you say the word, they sanctified it, they made it, these wise men were so pure and nice and they came and Jesus teleported them across the Middle East to visit them and I went, no, come on, I want it to be more like the Bible where it's messy and, um, you know, bad good people do bad things and all this bad stuff happens. So I just thought, I'm going to throw my mix into it, mm -hmm. saying rather than, there are people arguing, no, it's from Persia, no, he's from Arabia. I'm like, let's just say they came from everywhere and see what happens. Mm. Um, and so just that you know, idea. Mm. Yeah. Now, some would say that the Christmas story itself mm. is a story or yes. is fiction. Yes. Uh, what do you say to that? I've been challenged many times by that uh, question. And when I've looked at it and the historicity, uh, I suppose it's an issue for Christianity in general. Basically, uh, the copies of the Bibles that they found from the, the Gospels and, and the letters from the Bible Copies of them were found all over the Middle East and, and different ones in, in different places, far flung. Mm -hmm. And so I just can't see how someone could have made these stories up. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to say that the story is so fantastic that it couldn't have, you know, it had to be true. People make up really crazy stories. Um, like Journey from the East. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It had to be true. Um, <laughs> and uh, I just think there's, there's so much evidence when I have investigated, uh, say witnesses and recordings of the, the writings were found across the Middle East They've come from so many different places that they couldn't have been made up in one spot. 
And so uh, put that into the greater history of Israel and their journey as a, as a people. And then uh, since, I, to me, it makes sense. Mm. Um, and to me, the history does hold up. Mm. So what's the difference then with your story, which is historical fiction in some ways? Mm-hmm. How can you tell the difference between fact and fiction? I think, yeah, the way it's written, uh, you, you know me, who's the author? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe in 500 years' time, they will think that this is real. and uh, But I don't think so because of all the context. Um, and so the way it's written, the purpose of why it was written, I'm very clear as to why I'm writing it. Um, the purpose, yeah, the authorship, the context, I think all of those reasons can mm. give you a pretty good hint that it's not real. Mm. Yeah. So you're obviously, the context you're writing is to entertain or to perhaps... Tickle some ideas. Yeah. Well, the, I want the people to go and the gospel yeah, writers get stuck into an atlas and a history book and, you know, right. get into the, the end of the library where all the Chinese history books are written from 3,000 years ago and go, wow, there's some crazy stuff here. And, yeah, mm. start looking. Now, as part of bigger questions, we also reflect on the Bible because, surprisingly <laughs> to many, it offers answers to the big questions of life. Now, but before we do that, we're interested to hear about why you believe the Bible is worth following. Mm-hmm. So, Mikey, what convinced you? to become a Christian believer? Okay, so I grew up as a son of a preacher man. My dad was an Anglican minister. Um, And so I grew up uh, knowing the story. I tried reading the Bible every year from when I was about five. Um, I'm surprised I don't know it more because I really tried. I thought, oh, you know, I I just said it for myself. Uh, So high school, I did a lot of things that I'm pretty sure a Christian shouldn't do based on uh, the system of belief. So, you know, I started drinking fairly early on. Uh, I had a pornographic addiction from quite early on. And so when I got to university, I was struggling with all these things, knowing that there was forgiveness there, trying to work out how it all fit in. And then I was invited to an orgy and I said, okay, this is probably the turning point. If I go, I'm probably not a Christian. Uh, I'm we can talk about that more, but um, I decided there and then I had to work out if it was true or not because mm-hmm. I wanted to go. Um, so I took a, about a half a year to talk to every expert I knew, every skeptic I knew, people read books. Um, and the conclusion I came to uh, was that all the reasons people gave for not being a Christian, um, it was very hard to find one that was based on history. Most of it was based on philosophy or logic or, or emotion. Um, but for me, I just wanted to know if it was true or not historically. And, and what I found in that time was I couldn't, I couldn't escape it. Mm. Yeah. And so then it obviously affected your behavior? Yeah, so, so then I think probably more than ever then Jesus became Lord of my life and I didn't turn around, but I stopped. Well, I actually went and got help from a psychiatrist and a few other things, a non-Christian one. But, the, you know, there's all these great things that are around to help you yeah, for me, it wasn't an instantaneous change of behavior, but more like my attitude changed and definitely moved in a better direction and kind of, yeah, healthier, I would say. Mm. Well, thank you very much for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the part of the Bible we're, we're reflecting on today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, which is one of the four biographies of Jesus' life that we have. And the biography from Matthew contains one of the two accounts of the birth of Jesus in the New Testament. Yeah. The other's found in the Gospel of Luke. Mm. Now, we're reflecting on the account from Matthew because this one mentions the Magi. Matthew 2, 1 to 12 says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. So who exactly were these Magi? We've mentioned it before. Your book depicts them as Kung Fu masters. Is that fact or fiction? Well, they're not all Kung Fu masters in there. So um, they basically end up coming from 
from everywhere. Uh, the, the thing is that we don't know who they were. Uh, there are many uh, traditions and myths that, that come from about 300 to 400 years after Jesus. And they're those stories I was talking about where it looks like people are trying to put themselves back into the story. Right. Uh, trying to say, no, we're, we're, the, we're the wise men. No, we're the wise men. And, and uh, standing up that way. Um, so, you know, Ben-Hur... Uh, the movie was based on a book that was one of the top-selling books of all time in the States, uh, and that starts with the wise men, and that's just three kind of kings, the traditional ones we know, walking towards Jesus. But, but what triggered me was saying, you're not going to have three rich dudes on camels trekking through the dangerous desert where there are bandits and, and everything. And the, the Persian Empire, so the Parthians at the time, controlled the whole middle area and they took taxes at each toll and there were people killing each other and, you know, fights and everything. I was like, they would have needed someone to look after themselves. And mm-hmm. so they would have needed assassin, like bodyguards and mercenaries. And so I just riffed on that idea and mm-hmm. voila. Now you mentioned Lu Zhang. Liu Shang. Liu Shang. Sorry, yeah. my Chinese is not yeah. oh, uh, it's not perfect. No, you, uh, you, you just use the other version of him. Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah, Liu Shang is a character in your story. Can you tell yeah. us a bit about him? Okay, so he was a court official, a real one. Uh, he recorded a lot of Chinese history at the time of the main emperor he was around was Emperor Ai uh, in China um, about 54 BC. And he went missing for two years from court, from the Chinese court. That's recorded at the time where it looks like was one of the viable times when Jesus was born because Jesus would have had to have been born before Herod died, mm. 4 BC. And that's when he was around, disappeared for two years. Now, it does take more than a year round trip from China, but there's, I, get a, I get around that in the book. And he so recorded the history. He did return to China, although the king he was serving was killing a lot of the people in his court, uh, peop- the wise people and the strong people. Um, and he and his son started... Uh, the biggest uh, library in China at the time. And that has been moved from the old capital to Ningbo now. It's there now, the third largest, oldest private library in the world. And my conspiracy theory uh, went nuts when the section around the time of Jesus's birth is missing. So that could have been just because he was missing at the time and didn't fill in his paperwork, or there's a bigger conspiracy up and people don't want us to know that it was really him. So, yeah. Okay, well, that's interesting. Now, most Christmas pageants say that there are three magi yes. who came. Your pro- book proposes a whole entourage. Is that just a myth that there's three? Um, well, if you look at the stories in the, in the uh, near Middle East and the Middle East, um, some of the myths have 12 people. Some of them have groups unnumbered. I think the three comes from the three gifts that are mentioned and mm. something that probably happened around 300 or 400 AD. Uh, AD yeah. Well, that passage before us we just read has no mention of three there. It yeah. just says that the Magi from the East came yep. to Jerusalem. Yep. Um, and Magi was just kind of generic term for wise man or magician. Um, that's where we get the magic wand from. They had sticks and they were called Magi. And now In verse 2 there, the Magi claims to have seen a star. Mm-hmm. We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Is the star another myth of the Christmas story? <sighs> well, that's, that's what triggered uh, Professor Sir Colin Humphreys. He, he said, ah... Oh, he can't handle things in the Bible just being, you know, made up. And so he goes, could it happen? So he catalogued the stars that were appearing at those times. And he thinks that, well, there's definitely the broom star that 
he says is the most viable candidate, mm-hmm. appeared in the sky for 70 days and, and went from the east all the way across to the west. Mm-hmm. And so he says that's the one. Uh, a that broom star? Is it's that... got a broom star. So, in Ch- so it sounds cooler in Chinese. I can't pronounce it, but okay. the broom star. And it's also because it looks like a sword or a broom because it's actually a comet yeah. that goes across. And it's said to sweep out the old and, and in the new. And that's why he said the Chinese kings were scared of that at the time. The Parthians probably would have been, but they didn't ride a lot because they liked uh, riding their horses and shooting things. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so the comet is uh, this star you're suggesting. You know, the one appeared what, about 5 BC or so. That's... Uh, yeah, so 4 BC. And he said two other things happened two years before and two years before that. And he said that sounds like it's something that would have led up to it. Well, definitely in the Chinese writings, they talk a lot about it. Mm. And in the Han dynasty was, that was around at the time in China, they celebrated the birth of a king with a star image. And that was always look to the heavens to see when that is. So, mm. so what do you mean, think it means when it says that these Magi wanted to worship this new king? They think that this king is going to be different. So all the kings at the time were killing off people that they were worried about. They were paranoid. They were, weren't really looking after their people. Mm-hmm. And so one, one thing it seems that this is going to be a king of peace, uh, a king who will bring peace. Uh, and that's, that's so, my So that might have been the reason that they were interested in following this, this Yeah, uh, making a, some sort of agreement or, yeah, looking to bring peace around the area. Mm-hmm. Now, King Herod mm-hmm. was clearly an historical figure. Yes. It was King Herod. So King Herod uh, was one of the... Jewish kings of the region who um, had a bit of a deal going with the with Rome, mm-hmm. and he was, yeah, he killed a lot of people, yeah, um, and he was very scared uh, that someone would kill him and take his place, mm-hmm. so he killed them first. Yeah, it talks about the fact that this new king coming. Do you think that Herod would have welcomed this new king being born in his kingdom? Well, it's interesting. From the Bible, it looks like he's pretty scared of him. Uh, although he does seem that he's vi- a viable king that's been born because mm-hmm. he asks about the Messiah or the one chosen to lead God's people. So, uh, yeah, he seems that he's pretty worried about him. Mm. Now, the Gospel of Matthew records the interaction with Herod and the Magi, mm-hmm. yet the other account, which we referred to before, of the birth of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke, doesn't that's record right. the Magi. It records the appearance of shepherds mm-hmm. instead, which Matthew doesn't record. Yeah. Now, leading critics of Christianity like Richard Dawkins see these contradictions and propose that the two accounts of the birth of Jesus have glaring contradictions. What do you think? Is this a problem? Um, Well, if you read both of them and you put them side by side, you can see that they don't have glaring contradictions. So Luke's including the shepherds for a reason and Matthew's including the, the kings for a reason. But also it looks like in Luke that that's the night of his birth. But in Matthew, that's sometime later, months or even maybe a year or two. Mm. Uh, and that's backed up by how long it takes for Herod to kill all the... His time frame given for, for, for children that are born. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's, we'll come to that now. With Matthew 2.16 describes what is known as the slaughter of the innocents. And it mm-hmm. says in verse 16, When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious and gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity who were two years old and under in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Uh, so in some respect, what you've just said, that the, the two years there would provide one reason for the proposed contradiction between yep. the two. Yeah. 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 Uh, but now this is also the scene for the dramatic final scene of your book, mm-hmm. uh, which we won't spoil, but there's plenty yeah. of kung fu there. Uh, this story, The Slaughter of the Innocents, is disputed because, by some because there's no historical external record of this event. So how do we know that the event re- recorded for us in Matthew here isn't just fiction? So it could be fiction, um, but then... 
you just say, if that's fiction, is the rest fiction? So you have to take everything together. Mm -hmm. um, and also, I think, who would have been recording it at that point in time that Herod was killing it? So killing those kids around that area. It wasn't the biggest area. Mm -hmm. uh, it was uh, the Judean countryside. If you look at it on Google Earth, I love Google Earth for all this stuff. It's all <laughs> hilly and, and, and uh, mountainous and very hard for, for people to spread far and wide. So... Um, and perhaps it also misunderstands the nature of history because in some cases uh, assumes that every single event of history is going to be recorded. Well, we know that's not true. If you check out the palaces and like the fortress in Masada that, that Herod built, all these places like, oh, they're fascinating. But we don't have a lot of history about those places either, apart from some key, key events. And so there's so much that we would love to know about that, that time. Yeah, yeah. Now, Mikey, you've written a book on the Christmas story. There's mm -hmm. good reasons to believe that the Christmas story happened. But so what? So what? So what difference does the Christmas story make to you? Okay, well, I love eating and I love presents, but that, I don't think that's your question. Um, <laughs> so when I, when I see Jesus in the Christmas story, I think, well, you can't have Christmas without Easter. And many of the, the great hymns and Christmas carols remind us of that. The whole thing is that he's, he's uh, being born for a purpose. There's a lot of melancholy hanging around the Christmas story. It's a, it's a messy story. Yep. Um, so I love Christmas. I do get a bit annoyed at Christmas when everything is too cheery and golden bubbles and children singing and all nice. Because there's also a lot there where it's, you know, there is the pain of human life mixed in with it. So when, when I see Jesus being born and I believe that Jesus is God come to earth, I think, wow, having that king or, or even God come to earth into the mess, it shatters my ego. And it, but it also makes me feel loved as well. So when I, when I see that story of Jesus coming into this violent time, coming into this messy time with this purpose to save humanity, mm. um, I, yeah, I'm just overjoyed. Mm. But w with that tinge of, oh, life is hard, yeah. Mm. I mean, you could even refer to that, the slaughter of the innocents as reflective of that time. What an awful mm. story. Yeah. That there's children have been hacked to death by a, yeah. a jealous king. Uh, yet that's There's the so world much in which bad Jesus stuff comes. in that story. Yeah, and just, yeah. Does the Christmas story take on more or less meaning for you if the events were fact or fiction? It's more meaning if it's, it's fact. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if it is just a big lie, I think maybe that could help a little bit, uh, make people kind of aspire to something better. But it what doesn't answer the problems of life, and, and I believe that the... Uh, Bible story of, of Christmas does that. It actually, if it's true, it's offering a, um, something very special in life. So, Mikey, the mm -hmm. Christmas story, fact or fiction? Final thoughts. Okay, fact. It's a, uh, you have to take it as all of Christianity. I know there are a lot of layers that have grown up over the Christmas story since it happened. Uh, so, looking at it afresh and looking at it in the historical context and, you know, in the whole context of the Bible, it's a very powerful story. And because and I believe it is true, it has a real message for people um, mm. of forgiveness and, and Jesus offering this salvation for people. Mm. Let me leave you with the Bible's answer to the big question, Christmas, fact or fiction, from Matthew 2, 1-2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. I look forward to you joining us next time for Bigger Questions. Please thank our guest today, Mikey Bayless.
Enjoy bigger questions? You can help us keep asking them for as little as $1 a podcast. Support the show. Go to patreon.com slash bigger questions.